Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hello, everybody. I hope you're having an amazing start to your week. A happy Monday, if you're listening to this on Monday. I want to dive into soul contracts and soul amnesia in like a pretty to the point episode today I don't know how long this is going to be I'm kind of just free styling this um, and just sharing you know the information that I know about these things Um, but I do want to say if I sound like lackluster or just not myself um that's because I'm not myself right now, uh, not my usual self. Um, I am not going to get into it because I tried to record a podcast episode that was supposed to go live today in place of this one. Um, and I bawled my eyes out through the entire thing. Like you just can't even, it's just not something that should see public light. Um, but long and the short of it, um, I had a very unexpected loss two weeks ago. So two weeks ago, Monday. Um, and I am struggling (laughs) just to (laughs) fucking put it bluntly. Um, if you've been on Instagram, then, um, you're kind of like up to speed on this. If you're on my email list, you're up to speed on this as well. Um, I would like to say that I'm doing okay. And like, obviously I'm surviving, but, um, this has been just really challenging and I just don't feel um, like my energized, lighthearted, I don't know, kind of self. Um, so if I am conveying that in this episode, I do apologize. Um, I am trying my best. I didn't know if there was going to be an episode today. I'm literally recording this right before it goes up. Um, because I was planning on recording this weekend. Um, and the, there's so many stages of grief and I've really been cycling through, um, you know, I was really in like the shock numb stage for, I think like over a week, like it just like didn't hit me. Um, and then this weekend reality has like started to, uh, sink in and the depression stage and I'd say even like a bit of the denial stage is still lingering around, but the depression stage has like really hit me a lot, um, over the weekend. So I didn't get a chance to sit down and record because I just decided I was going to stay in bed. So, you know, the way life goes sometimes, but, um, I put up a poll on my Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, it's at madsmess, M-A-D-D-S-M-E-S-S. And really cool. When you follow me over there, you can kind of like take part in the like interactive portion of the podcast whenever you have questions or, um, you know, voting on episodes or giving episode recommendations. Um, so, you know, go follow me over there. We've got a fun, fun community hanging out over there. Um, so I'm going to pull up the questions that you guys had and we'll do those at the end of the episode. I just need to find them here. Um, but I wanted to talk about soul contracts and soul amnesia because it's literally a part of my field of expertise. And I, it's kind of astounding to me from like a professional standpoint that I haven't spoken about it on the podcast. So I want to jump into that and, um, just make it like a really clear cut, easy thing to understand. Um, 
I've also done a lot of uh, guest episodes um, on the Safe Space podcast, and then I have a feature coming out on the Spiritually Inspired podcast, I think this week or next week, um, that also talk about soul contracts. So I will link those in the description so that if you're interested in learning more um, and basically like kind of hearing the answers to the questions that these hosts had asked me um, on their podcast, uh, just to give different well-rounded perspectives, you can listen to that and digest the information as well of course if you want a part two and you have more questions please dm me or email me and uh we'll we'll just dive into another portion of this but essentially soul contracts when you think of contract right this is an agreement between you and another party whenever you are incarnating anywhere not just on earth but you are deciding to live a full incarnation which means to um put your soul your, your consciousness into a physical vessel to be birthed and born, uh, to live a life and then to expire slash die from that physical, um, vessel and, uh, come back to your soul essence, your soul form. Um, so obviously for simplicity's sake, we'll keep this, uh, just, uh, in terms of earth incarnations. Um, so, Whenever you as a soul were in the higher dimensions, existing, being conscious, living a completely different experience, um, because you're not just like idle and doing nothing on the other side, you have a job, um, you don't have to, but usually, pardon me, usually um, souls are doing something. Um, For example, myself, um, for the last (laughs) several, 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 um, between lifetimes, um, between several of my, my previous lifetimes, I've been, um, working in soul contracts. So before this lifetime, uh, even before my last lifetime and so on and so forth, it's been a long time. Uh, I keep saying that cause it's like hard for me to even conceptualize how long it's been. It's like crazy for my human mind to be like, damn, it's ancient. Um, but I was, I was working in soul contracts. So I, was helping other souls um, kind of organize and strategize their contracts for their incarnations. It wasn't just for earth, although I absolutely, uh, because of my experience on earth as a soul um, and where I've gotten to now, uh, you know, being in my final lifetime, I absolutely was helping souls um, create their earth contracts, their soul contracts for their earth incarnations. I was also helping um, souls create contracts for other planetary systems and other incarnation experiences, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, It's always a really good time. And uh, that is why here on this side, I help you understand your soul's contract. Um, And also just like a PSA, if I'm helping you understand your soul's contract, that does not mean that I helped you design it on the other side. I'm actually not allowed to know um, who I've helped, uh, create their earth incarnation contracts. Um, I think it would just give me way too much. Um, I, it would just give me like a lot of pressure. Um, and it would put too much responsibility on myself. Um, just knowing who I am as a person here. So I'm not allowed to know, please don't ask me cause I don't know. And at the end of the day, um, souls are ultimately the deciding factors of what goes in their contracts. It's more so just like the role of an advisor. Um, even I, when I created my contract also had advisors. Um, it's just kind of how we, we do things as souls. So a soul contract when you're coming into earth primarily is you as a soul contracting your earthly experience, which is basically going to say that for X period of time, your consciousness is going to be 
um, anchored into a physical vessel here on planet earth and will not leave that physical vessel um, until xyz goals are met and usually that takes a very long lifetime so don't get afraid here about um, expiring before your time Um, if you're not ready to die you're not going to die like that's just kind of the the overall premise of it obviously there are things that are unexpected that happen like accidents and things like that but that's even a whole other conversation because even sometimes those accidents are human accidents but they are um soulful windows for uh an exit so that's something that we can talk about maybe in another episode i know death is a bit of a touchy topic and to be quite honest with you i don't think i am in the headspace to talk about death right now um it just i don't think it would go very well for me um so you make a contract as a soul um to be in the body that you're going to be in and you actually design the body that you're going to be and it kind of looks like a holograph you get to like see it um and you decide every part of you like what every inch of your body is going to look like any ailments or um like struggles or imperfections or things that you love uh your hair color your eye color the length of your eyelashes the shape of your eyebrows your height Uh, your proportions, everything, you decide everything. Um, And you also choose your parents, which I know is um, sometimes for a lot of people, a very challenging realization that you deliberately chose your parents. I talk about this more in my masterclass, Why Are We Human?, which you can get for free. What a deal. Um, When you sign up to my email list. So I'll leave that link below as well. And I explain like why you would have chosen like parents who caused you trauma. I also say this as uh, a soul who in this lifetime chose a mother who did a lot of, did a lot of damage. Um, so yeah, just trust that I, I, I understand both the human and soul perspective on that part, but you choose your parents, you choose your siblings. Like your contract is not just, um, between you and your soul and this planet. It's actually, uh, very intricately designed and it has, um, I guess you could say subcontracts. Um, and you have these other contracts with other souls that you're going to engage with and build relationships with in this physical experience on the earth. Sometimes these are professional, romantic, familial, platonic, um, and sometimes these are really positive experiences known as kindred contracts with soulmates or soul family. A soulmate is another soul that you have a very, very strong bond with on the other side. Oftentimes you incarnate several times with them in many different lifetimes, many different planetary systems, and you've been on the earth together several times. Soul family is a group of souls that you have bonded with that have a very similar soul origin type or the exact same soul origin type as yourself. And um, you incarnate uh, kind of in clusters usually, like you'll continue incarnating with each other um, and always find ways to like meet up with each other. I've met some of my soul, um, soul family members and Um, There are soulmates as well, um, but there are some soulmates that I've met that are not a part of my soul family, whom I love 
dearly. And then there are soulmates that I've met that are part of my soul family. And it just has a bit of like a deeper, it just feels like family, if that makes sense. Um, so that's the little difference there. And those are really kindred relationships. These are relationships that feel very light, very easy, very positive. Um, they're just really flowing. They call you into higher levels of expansion. They ask you to be your true self and to show up honestly and authentically. Um, and they're just really, really supportive connections and you chose those. And, um, you know, if you feel like you don't have those people in your life yet, it's because you need to come into, your authenticity, you need to heal a little bit more, come into authenticity, love yourself a little bit more so you can attract them because oftentimes your soulmates and your soul family will only be able to find you uh, once you've stepped into your authentic self because they're there to help you anchor in the soul version of yourself into the planet as as much as you are there to support them anchoring their soul version of self into the into who they are here on the planet. So that's a little bit about the positive um, experience with soul contracts. Then there are really challenging soul contracts, and these are known as karmic contracts and karmic partners or karmic um, karmic relationships and, and karmic lessons that have a lot to do with past life karma that you didn't get to fully clear out in a past life. So this can be toxic relationships. This could be um, being overworked and being walked all over in the workplace or being undervalued or um, just financial things even as well. And these karmic contracts are also pre-designed and pre-chosen by you as a soul because the way your soul views it, the way you view it, I should say, as a soul on the uh, in the higher dimensions on the other side is damn it, I really wanted to get through that lesson. I really wanted to expand through that and come out on the other side. So I'm going to try again until I'm able to do that. And the human finds that very taxing and very challenging and can often, you know, for at least a period of life, be in a very um, heavy victim mindset of why is this happening to me? You know, why, 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 why me? And really what your higher self is asking of you is to, I spoke about this, I think on the weekend on my stories is assess your scope of control. Um, where can you control the circumstances by making changes and changing your mindset and making different decisions and acting differently and behaving differently? And where do you not have control where you don't have control? Ignore that, let that go and focus on your scope of control and do everything you can to change your circumstances, your mentality and how you're viewing the situation. I think Whenever we allow ourselves as humans to see life as a learning experience rather than being damned, we can really take back our power and make decisions that allow us to see all potentials and all possible outcomes and through that allow ourselves the opportunity to change and choose better. Now, of course, there are systems on this planet, you know, that marginalize people and that make it very, very difficult for people, um, whether that's socioeconomically, racially, um, culturally, you know, there's, there's a lot of different structures in place that are there to impose limitations on the individual but that is also something that you chose as a soul because your soul is just trying to, um, my soul hates it when I use like game board analogies and like gaming analogies. So I'm trying to like find something else to, 
explain it, but it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like playing chess. It's like one right move can win you the entire game very early on. And one wrong move can have you kind of like jumbling around again. My higher self is like, stop using games as a fucking example. It's not a game. Life is not a game, but it's basically to say like there, you know, let's use like, um, taking courses in university or college or high school. You know, in your last lifetime, maybe you graduated uh, level like grade nine math, right? Um, so you learned about like linear functions. Well, now it's time to move on to 10th grade math and it's quadratic functions. But maybe, you know, maybe in the last life you tried and attempted to learn about quadratic functions and you failed. Um, and by failed, I mean like maybe you just like didn't learn everything that you needed to learn about quadratic functions. So you can't really move on to higher levels of math until you pass quadratic functions and maybe you just have like 10% less left of quadratics to learn um, but you still have that 10% that you need to learn before you can move on in this lifetime you will learn that 10% um, and you will have to pass that 10% in a way like get through the 10% of the challenge with that before you move on to the next level of of math Um, I hope that makes sense I'm using math because it's like a pretty easy like understanding of like because people understand that you can like really build off of it um but that's kind of like the idea with these karmic contracts so sometimes most often um these karmic contracts are not played out with the same souls who did like the initial damage or caused the initial trauma or gave the initial lesson in previous lifetimes but sometimes it is it really depends on the type of karmic contract that you are clearing um and the severity of the damage caused in previous lifetimes. So for example, I was murdered in my most recent past life. And if you don't, if if you don't want to know about that, that's okay. But if you do want to know about that, um, I do talk about it. I think it's like an episode. It's in the thirties, the episode. Um, and it's like, I remember dying in my past lives. There's like titles, something like that. Um, which I'm going to answer questions on because someone had some really good questions on Instagram about remembering past lives. Um, but I did not incarnate with any of the people who murdered me. That is just like not something that any soul would like choose. But I did have some karmic um, wounds to clear out. And it wasn't really like karmic um, relationships or anything like that for this particular experience that I was clearing out. It was more like an inner healing that I had to do, but it was a karmic wound that I had to clear out. Um, but I didn't need to meet other souls for that. And I definitely didn't need to meet the souls who like did that to me in that lifetime. Um, and like, I just wouldn't, and most souls would not choose to meet again with those individuals. Um, so that's kind of like an example of that. Um, I also had a karmic relationship. My first serious relationship was a karmic relationship. If you've read Sweet Daisies, you kind of get the gist of what happened in that relationship. It was very bad. Um, and that was basically just a relationship that I had to experience because in a past life I had been in, um, a really abusive, toxic, um, dynamic relationship. And I didn't make it out from the understanding. Like I didn't get to like free myself from that. So, um, that was part of, of my lessons in this lifetime was just to, to free myself. Um, that's been like a big theme, um, with some of the stuff that I was clearing out. Um, and then also with my mother, my mother is a karmic contract of my, my biological mother. And, um, that is, um, has a lot to do with like autonomy and freeing myself as well and speaking my truth. So, and, and trusting my intuition. So, um, 
that was also a, a contract that I made for this lifetime so that I could just like get it done and over with like from early life onward and then make the decisions that I needed to make um, to free myself from that contract, liberate myself and come into karmic balance. So karmic contracts and toxic relationships, whether it's professional, romantic, spiritual, even uh, financial, they're not meant to be lived long-term. They are meant to be um, lived, learned and cleared. And if that's something that you're wanting to learn more about, then uh, I would recommend getting a past life reading. I'll link that below. There's a wait list until May um, for these readings. And basically in that reading, we will talk about um, the, up to three of your most recent past lives, um, who you were, what you were doing, briefly what you looked like, maybe where in the world you were, the time frame, and how that lifetime is currently impacting your uh, present incarnation, like what you've carried over, whether that's talents and gifts or whether that's lessons and challenges that um, your soul has some advice on uh, to be able to clear out and just move away from. For example, um, some of the karmic debt that I also had to carry over was from two lifetimes ago when I committed suicide in this lifetime because in that lifetime I died. I didn't you know, get to heal through my depression. In this lifetime, I started struggling with depression uh, very, very early on uh, and was suicidal, very like deeply suicidal at age 11. And it took me 10 years to fully, fully, fully heal from that and clear that karma and that wound and um, bring myself as a soul in the human experience back into balance uh, and conquer depression. So please know when I'm talking to you about these things, I'm not talking from like an ignorant standpoint. Obviously there are certain adversities and challenges that I don't understand because I have not lived them. Like I'm a white woman. So, you know, there are just certain things that I will never understand fully. Um, but I do know that your soul chose it all and I am here to help you understand why you chose it and how to help you navigate it so you can clear and really step into your soul's truth, your soul's power so that you can live an easy or easier, uh, peaceful and fulfilled life. So that's the little short rundown on soul contracts um, and the types of contracts that you will have with other souls. Um, of course, there is the twin flame contract, which is ultimately just a contract with self because twin flames are one soul split into two bodies. Um, this takes several, several, several lifetimes um, to experience. You have to have had your awakening as one half of the soul, each one half of the soul in separate lifetimes before incarnating as one whole soul in two bodies on the planet. Um, so I've talked about this in the Twin Flames episode. I believe it's episode 44. And I, it's like an hour and a half episode. So I really recommend um, giving that a listen. It's a very rare um, incarnation experience at this time. Most people who believe they've met their Twin Flame have actually met a karmic partner. So just to kind of recap um, everything that I mentioned in the episode 44, um, your twin flame will never ever ever be abusive and will not be the cause of your wounds or your trauma um, they're just going to love you so much that it highlights wounds that were already there okay and if you're like well i met my twin flame but they were abusive it is a karmic because i promise you karmics really 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 do mirror the twin flame dynamic but they mirror it in such a dark way um so 
that's just my little add in for right now. Um, but yeah, you can go listen to episode 44 if you want to know more about the contract with self with twin flames. It's just you and two bodies. Um, it's really trippy to be honest with you. I've done it a few times and, uh, doing it again right now. And it's, uh, I don't know if it ever gets like easier to conceptualize that I'm like in two places at once, but like only aware of one place most of the time. I don't know. Anyway, moving forward. Um, now let's talk about soul amnesia. You're like, okay, why don't I remember choosing any of this mods? Like, why do I forget who I am? Like, I don't remember any of this. I don't remember any of my past lives. I don't remember who my soul is. I don't remember where I was before this lifetime. I don't remember anything. <laughs> and this is what we call soul amnesia. So if you think of amnesia, like medical amnesia, when a person like forgets who they are or forgets, they have like short-term or long-term memory loss, um, that's soul amnesia as well that's happening um, on the planet. Obviously, it's not from a medical perspective. You know who you are here, um, but your soul agreed because of the laws of density. Um, you know, Earth is the only planet in the Milky Way that is third dimensional. So it's very, very dense down here and it operates on a completely different scale of physics. Um, it, it's ruled by linear time. You can't like rewind and go backwards. You have to like live everything from birth of incarnate, actually from Conception of incarnation to death of incarnation and um, you have to do that linearly and it's very very dense down here like it's very very physical everything is um, obviously physical like we know this like everything is how do I you get what I'm saying I don't think I have to like explain that things are physical here like I think you get what I'm saying right um, but my point is that because of that and because we take on a very physical biological vessel that can only even hold half of our own soul can't even hold the whole soul in its body because it's so fucking dense down here this body and this planet and this you know experience this this dimension of 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 consciousness and this dimension of space um we recognize that because we're going to be in such density that we're going to forget who we are it's just part of the earth experience and it has to do with the laws of physics um and that is also why earth is known as one of the most challenging planets it is the most challenging planet to incarnate on in the entire galaxy but it's why it's known as that because it might take you lifetimes to remember who you are um it's very rare, especially because most people incarnating it's a little different for the souls incarnating now um they're very very they're coming in at a point where earth, the, the, the foundations and the groundwork for earth becoming higher dimensional or fifth dimensional have already been like seeded and rooted. So souls that are coming in now specifically, um, generation beta generation alpha as well, but more specifically generation beta. And then the generations that are coming after are mostly going to be souls who are willing, um, to remember who they are if they're incarnating in very spiritually led families. Um, this is not going to be the case for all of them because some souls want to come here and have a very human experience, which is what the majority of us have done, um, throughout our several lifetimes. You know, if we think incarnating back like 1500 years ago, a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, even the planet was not in a vibrational frequency where we were able to retain um, our soul essence and our soul gifts and our soul memory as easily as it is now. Um, so you don't remember because you it's part of your contract to not remember. But the fact that you're listening to this podcast is you remembering. 
if that makes sense. Like you, you are like, whether you recognize this consciously or not, your subconscious saying, yep, I remember choosing that. Yes, yes, yes. I remember. Um, and so allow that activation to take place whenever you're ready for it. Um, but the whole process of going through a spiritual awakening and more so even a Kundalini awakening is to remember who you are as a soul. Um, and sometimes you're going to be, you know, like I said, doing this for lifetimes. Um, when in my masterclass, I talk about like the life cycle of nine, how it used to be that on average. And I think, you know, for the, for the majority of souls presently incarnated, um, you would incarnate for a cycle of nine different lifetimes, um, on earth because on average, that's how long it took to like get a completion going, which is kind of funny because nine is the number of completions. So like, that's just kind of how it ended up working out. Um, obviously it was very divinely guided and inspired, but, um, Oftentimes it takes a lot of um, lifetimes, a lot of incarnations to start waking up because the first lifetime you're kind of like, the fuck is going on down here? Like you're just like trying to figure out how to be a human for the first few lifetimes really. And then you start really building autonomy in the mid lifetimes and like your own opinions of things. And then in the later lifetimes, um, you're like, yeah, see this place is fucked and I'm going to help fix it. But to help fix it, I have to figure out who the fuck I am. And then you go through your spiritual or Kundalini awakenings. Uh, you remember who the fuck you are. And then through that, you get all these memories. Um, or most people will get, uh, if you go through a Kundalini awakening, you're going to remember a lot. Uh, if you go through a spiritual awakening, you're going, which is basically like one level of a Kundalini awakening. Kundalini awakening has three levels to it or three phases, I should say, not levels. But, um, if you go through a spiritual awakening, that's just more so, um, healing and releasing ego and coming into your authentic self and living in your truth, but not necessarily tapping into your spiritual gifts and remembering who you are at a soul level. So, um, that's the, that's the difference. And there's no right or wrong. There's no better or worse. Uh, it's just where you're at in your incarnation process. And just because you've gone through a spiritual awakening doesn't mean your Kundalini awakening won't happen later in life. Um, it'll happen when it's meant to like, you can refuse it and repress it. I really don't recommend it, but if you, but you can't force it to come on either. So when you feel it coming on, um, you'll experience it. I really don't recommend repressing it. I repressed mine for several years and I just can tell you that no good comes of it. Um, so that is soul amnesia. If you guys have more questions about that, please DM me, um, or email me and I will do another deep dive on it. But I want to get to some of your questions that you sent in on Instagram about these topics. Um, there's a few of them here. I think there's like a half dozen. So I just want to get through them. So someone asked, would you talk more about the Midhaven North Node and South Node? So as it relates to soul contracts, yeah, absolutely. Your Midhaven is the merging point of your ninth house and 10th house. Please don't use the whole sign chart. It really fucks up the placements in your chart. And it's just like not right. It's inaccurate on so many levels and actual astrologers will tell you this. Please use the Placidus system. If you're going to look at your chart, just please, 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 please. Um, we can do astrology episodes too in the future. It's just, they're really like jam packed episodes. So I really got to like prepare for those. Um, but the Midhaven is your ninth house, your spiritual center and your 10th house, your public reputation and career center merged together to create this ideal, uh, career for you as as uh, desired by your soul. 
Um, so wherever your midhaven is, those are the qualities of merging your spiritual self, your authentic self with the practical, um, ways that you want to be remembered and contribute to society and be understood and received as professionally. You merge those two together and you get the midhaven. Um, and that's where, I encourage and when you do a soul contract reading with me is where I'll look and, and kind of guide you and like what roles would be best suited for you or like what scope of um, responsibilities professionally or what potentials are available to you um, in terms of your soul's purpose, quote unquote. Your south node, which is uh, the south node and the north node are like the horseshoe looking things. Um, the one that dips to the bottom is your south node and the one that uh, curves to the top is your north node. Your south node is your past life debts and lessons. It's also your past life gifts. So it's what you're kind of like moving away from. Like you're going to experience some of your past life um, lessons again in this lifetime just to be like, yeah, I remember that. I don't need to go through this again. Like, right. It's kind of like being like, oh yeah, two plus two is four. Like, okay, like moving on. Like I remember that, but like I don't need to focus on that. Your north node is the path that you must take to be in alignment with your soul and that includes the house and the sign that it's in and that's ultimately going to help you fulfill your midhaven aspect so your north node is what you're trying to learn in this lifetime it's the path that you're trying to excel in in this lifetime ultimately you need a balance between your south node and your north node because your south node is also gifts and talents that you mastered in past lives, not just the debts of it, but it's also the gifts. Um, but your main focus is on uh, the North Node and the path you want to walk in this lifetime is your North Node. Someone asked, um, does awakening in a previous lifetime help make it easier in the next? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Think of awakening as clearing density and gaining back some of your memory. Um, every time you gain back some of your memory and you ascend more on the planet, the earlier in the previous, in the next lifetime, sorry, in the, yeah, in, not in the previous, in the next lifetime, the easier it'll be to remember who you are and kind of pick up where you left off. Um, so for example, I've awakened in several of my lifetimes and so I... That's why I was able to channel my higher self and start channeling and have my mediumship abilities when I was a toddler because it was just like getting back into the swing of things. Um, so I didn't have many of those barriers like a person would if they're on their like first lifetime or their fifth lifetime. So yes, it makes it a lot easier. Um, so everyone who's awakening right now, if you choose to come back to earth, it'll be so much easier next time around. Uh, I promise. <laughs> Well, maybe I won't promise because depending what you put in your contract, but it, it will feel easier because you'll remember more of who you are. Um, someone asked, what is the best practice to reach the Akashic records or can only certain individuals access them? The Akashic records are very similar to understanding soul contracts. Um, it's held in the same dimension, the seventh dimension. So you can, to some degree, access your own um records your own contract um but it's very limited on what you will find because you're not meant to have all the information because you're meant to live um you know an incarnation like even myself like i can read all of your guys contracts effortlessly but i'm also only able to read to you what your soul wants me to share with you in that moment sometimes i'll look at someone's chart like six months later because we'll be talking and i'll reference it and be like oh yeah that actually is in your chart like now it's coming up um and for myself like i can't it's the same thing like i i can only see the things that i'm meant to see 
and remember the things that I'm meant to remember um, as it relates to where I'm presently at in my incarnation because we are here to have a human experience. Uh, I believe with Akashic Records, you can be you can take certification courses for that. I actually have a colleague who specializes in Akashic Records, so maybe I'll have her on the podcast um, and we can talk about those things. Somebody asked, how many lifetimes does it take to awaken? This is different for every soul. Um, on average, um, like five to six lifetimes is what I've uh, witnessed both on and off the planet. Um, and when I say that, I mean like, from my own personal experience here, from the experience of my loved ones that I'm seeing in certain levels of their lifetimes um, and where they're at in their awakenings, uh, and also from what I witnessed working in soul contracts on the other side. Somebody asked, should we be improving access to our past life memories or let it occur naturally? Honestly, if you want my professional advice, I would say let it occur naturally. You will remember if you are meant to remember. And sometimes like it's just better to not go looking for things that you might not want to know. Um, for example, remembering my most recent past lives, um, my most recent past life um, back in the 40s, I remembered from the time I was like a young child. I had nightmares because of it. It was so deeply wounded in my subconscious that I just remembered um and it just built and I got but I got more detail as I got older because there were certain things that five-year-old me like just did not need to know about that lifetime that I ended up remembering later on especially throughout the process of my awakening um my second most recent past life um when I died of died by suicide um I physically remembered it because I was going through the depression and I could feel the tingling in my wrist, which I talk about in the episode of remembering my past lives and remembering dying. Um, but I didn't remember the full on memories and the context of my death, uh, until my twenties. Um, and then I remember several other of my lifetimes as well. Um, and those kind of just come in like little snippets of like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, but I, yeah, it just kind of happens naturally. Um, I most recently remembered that talking with one of my soul family members, I was like, did we live in France in the 1400s? And she was like, yeah. And it was just like this weird, like remembering for both of us of like what kind of, and it was such a beautiful, peaceful, 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 peaceful lifetime. It was like countryside France it was so beautiful. Oh, I miss it so much. I was blonde, frolicked in the fields in these beautiful gowns and dresses. It was a good time. Um, but like, I didn't remember that until recently. And I don't know. I do know why I'm remembering it now. But anyway, I'll share that another time if I feel like it. Um, the reason I say remember it naturally is just because there might be things that you don't want to know. Um, there are certain things from my most recent past life that sometimes I'm like, yeah, see, wish I really didn't know anything about that. Um, but I had to remember it to heal. If you're meant to heal something from a past life, you are going to remember it at some point. Um, whenever you're thinking of something of like, man, like I didn't experience that in this lifetime. I wasn't taught this in this lifetime. Why does this belief or fear bother me? That's coming from a past life. So I really recommend kind of examining that and opening yourself up to understanding that more fully. And also phobias are past life fears recurring and replaying in the subconscious of this lifetime. So, um, if you have any of those, then bear a chance that it's past life. And if you're having the same kinds of like nightmares or dreams specifically, like it's usually nightmares, um, of something happening and it's like the same thing over and over and over again. And you can't find any sort of like direct link to what you might've experienced in this life that would cause this nightmare to happen. Chances are it's past life as well. 
So, um, yeah, you can, you can kind of like deduce it with that. But, um, like I said, I offer a past life reading. If you have something of concern that you want to learn more about, um, there's quite a few questions in the submission form, um, when you book the reading and there's a wait list right now. So I will link that in, uh, the description and you can put yourself on the wait list for it. Um, okay. Where are we? Um, two more questions. Um, someone asked, can you change your soul contract while living in a human experience? No, but you're not obligated to partake in all of the contracts that you've created because you have free will. So, um, for example, if there's a relationship with a soulmate that is destined for you, but you're like, nah, I'm good. Then the contract, like the law, the universal law of free will states that that has to be honored. Your decision has to be honored, but the challenges and the circumstances of your life and certain things that you're playing out, like your own individual contract, you can't change uh, because the good and the bad is in there and you have to go through the bad to get the good of your contract. Um, But relationships and contracts with others, you get to choose if you want to take part in them or not. So not really, but interpersonal contracts. Yes, you have free will to decide. And then Um, someone asked, how come some people remember their previous lives? Kind of like what I was just saying of, um, they remember it because they need to heal wounds from those lifetimes. Um, or it's just like relevant information to something that they're experiencing now in this lifetime. And it's going to help their awakening process. It's going to help them remember who they are as a soul. Um, but you don't have to remember your past lives to go through an awakening or um, to fully remember why you chose to come to this planet in this present incarnation. Um, but I would say that most people who go through a Kundalini awakening, if you're going through a Kundalini awakening and like you're really tapping into your soul gifts and your intuition and your soul self, you're going to remember at least one past life. Like there's no question in my mind about that. Um, And you might even remember lives not on this planet. I have that as well where I'm like, oh yeah, oh, that wasn't on earth. (laughs) Um, And I know others who, who have those kinds of memories as well. So yeah, that's why. Um, but that's all the questions and I feel like we've been chatting for a little while here. So I'm going to leave that on this note and, um, the wait list for this whole contract reading and past life reading are down below. Um, they will be available in May. Um, I only take like a select number of readings every month, like four readings every month. So, uh, make sure you're on the wait list so that you get notified as soon as they're available again. And, uh, I believe next week we have a guest episode, um, with, um, an incredible guest, um, talking about manifestation and different things like that. So that will be live then. And then, um, I'm not really sure what's coming after that. I know you guys said that you wanted to hear more about, um, food and spirituality, veganism, carnivore diet and spirituality. Um, so I will probably record that at some point, get that out for you in the next few weeks. And then we have another guest episode with a guest who has already been on the podcast and I'm really excited about that. So, um, yeah, lots of fun stuff coming and maybe at some point I'll give you guys a little update on how I'm doing grief wise, but I don't want to cry into the microphone for 30, 40 minutes. So no one wants to listen to me sniffling and sobbing and crying and being a wreck, but, uh, I'll give you an update eventually. Maybe when I'm feeling better, 
So probably not anytime soon, but maybe, who knows? I don't fucking know. Anyway, it is what it is. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and that it was um, of value to you and clarifying for you. I hope you have an incredible week. Go be your divine self. You got this. I love you.